Do you, do you like metal? Um, isn't it just a bunch of guys screaming? No way. Well, apart from grindcore. And death metal is kind of like that. And deathcore, screamo, porno, grind, black metal, mathcore, thrash, <laughs> and mortalcore, but apart from those. It's just not my thing. I don't really get it. It's like when life sucks and, and you feel alone and empty. Stick on some metal and life is better because because somebody else knows the pain and, and the rage that you're going through, you know? sold on Deathgasm when it started up because the thing about it is I feel like even like before the credits right it's 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 hard to do a movie about metal right like I was stoked when I first heard about Deathgasm because I was like that is a great name for a film right that is a great concept for a film it's about a metal band that like I don't know bring like does all the like evil stuff that happens in metal. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of spaced when I made that sentence. Does all, you know what I mean? Like me- metal is supposed to be satanic or whatever, and summon demons. And in real life, that doesn't happen that much in metal. But in movies, you have the opportunity to make that stuff happen. And when it opened up, I was a little bit. Like, the, it opens with this monologue from the main kid, who I think his name is Brody, and he, he's like. You know, all that stuff in metal about demons, like, it turns out it's real. And while, like, I'm on board for that in a movie, like, immediately I wasn't that stoked on the tone. I was a little bit like, like, Brody, what's your attitude towards metal if you're, like, like, into this, like, occult stuff that you think isn't real? You know what I mean? If you're into it for, like, the fun of it and that actually winds up being kind of consistent through the movie like not to skip ahead but um Brody makes fun makes friends with this kid Zach and they start a band called Deathgasm and they find some like evil sheet music and they play the evil sheet music and it brings about like a demon comes and at one point Brody and Zach like they do like a fist bump for um and they say like death to false metal right which is which is a thing I mean I feel like the people who made this movie are metalheads like I feel like um it doesn't feel like like a shallow investment in metal like they're all wearing like trivium patches and like you know what I mean they're like talking about (laughs) at one point Brody is like trying to get with this girl named Delina or something. It's not Delina. I forget what her name is. Um, But he's like, 
giving, he's like showing her all these metal albums. And she's like, oh, Anal Cunt. Which is funny because that's not usually where we put the emphasis when we talk about the band Anal Cunt, you know what I mean? And part of that might be that it's from New Zealand. Anyway, my point is just, I am, I'm already off on like multiple branches. What was I talking about? Um, they like have a fist bump about death to false metal and then like the the problem is that the plot of the movie is that they accidentally summon a demon and then try to save humanity from that demon and I feel like saving humanity is like the definition of false metal you know what I mean like they they do like black metal corpse paint and um all that stuff like the thing about black metal specifically is that and in case this is a little bit inside baseball for you if you're not really that invested in metal black metal is not metal played by black people although you might think it would be black metal is instead as we've discussed on this podcast the word black in that context is supposed to function to mean it's like the like most evil like the darkest or most evil and I feel like that equation of like most dark with most evil is a sort of unquestioned trope in our culture that plays into racism. Anyway, my point is just that's the term that is used for black metal, so that's the term that I will use. And in black metal, it's supposed to be uh, misanthropic. Like you, like black metal is about how people are bad, right? And how like the Norse gods need to like destroy Christianity and people or something, and like paganism but I guess that paganism shit is more in the like explicitly racist camp of black metal um not all black metal is explicitly racist <laughs> they sure whatever anyway it's not the place to discuss black metal because I don't actually know anything about it um my point is just at one point they're like death to false metal but then they like are trying to save humanity and I feel like that's kind of like that's false metal like metal is supposed to be nihilistic and like I don't know, I guess that's not true. I guess metal is supposed to be about power and you can do different things with power, as Foucault taught us. Um, but so anyway, so all of that is just to lead up to before even the credits roll in this movie where he's talking about, um, like, you don't think that demons and stuff are real, but then it turns out it's real. It felt like, like a little bit of, like, not the tone that I wanted this movie to have. Like, I wanted this to be, like, a really grim gore fest that was funny not because there are jokes but that was funny because it took metal so seriously and it's not that movie I mean every movie doesn't have to be what I want it to be and so you know that's fine I wound up having a good time and actually <laughs> the point of this whole initial immediate um, rambling the word for when you talk about something that's off topic. Anyway, the point of this whole thing is just that I was a little bit like, oh, I don't know about this. And then the credits rolled and there was like a montage of all this metal stuff, including at one point, there's like an animated like little person who's playing guitar and like totally like whipping their hair around and, you know, like going like, I want to say going ham, but that's wrong. That's not like you know what I mean? That's not my thing to say. My point is just use it. But also, like, the other thing I would say is that he's totally rocking out. But I feel like that's, like, one of the dorkiest expressions around. He's just, like, he's going for it with the guitar, right? Like, it's this little cartoon person who's really just wailing away on this guitar. Except 
instead of a guitar, it's a giant cartoon dick and balls that's just like flopping around that he's playing as if it's a guitar. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm in. Like, this is probably a movie about masculinity, but that's fine. Every movie seems to be a movie about masculinity. Um, and actually, initially, I wrote down, I was like, is this movie about masculinity? And then I didn't find that much to say about masculinity in this movie, so I'll spare you that shit. Um, I don't even know if I have, like, an overarching thesis about this movie. I... It's a gore movie from New Zealand, and, you know, I'm no film scholar, I'm no... I don't know anything about movies, but what I can tell you is that it seems like New Zealand has a long tradition of doing, like, hilariously gory movies, and this one is totally within that tradition. There's some pretty good gore stuff. Like, there's a point when the main dude's face is being held, like, really close to a chainsaw that I felt like was really, um... You know, even though the movie is a little bit goofy, it's like... I felt like that was a great shot. Like, a chainsaw making... I don't know. It's, like, not easy to make a chainsaw feel super relevant in 2016. But just, like, having it be a chainsaw on the ground that's going to cut his face in half, that was pretty good. Um, I'm trying to think of what other gore stuff was cool. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happens. There's a lot of gore. There's blood everywhere. Um... There's a montage of people, like, vomiting lots and lots of blood at one point. That was pretty good. Um, so, yeah, so about this movie, what happens? Um, oh, yeah, I had another moment early on where, so, despite, like, society having collapsed and, like, the world as we once knew it no longer existing, uh, Topside Press continues to exist, and Topside Press is doing an anthology of speculative fiction stories it's gonna come out towards the end of the year and I've got a story in it and I had this moment early on in this movie where I was like oh is this movie like just like exactly the same story as the story that I have for this anthology because the story that I have in this anthology which isn't all the way done so I can't really walk you all the way through it it's also way too long for a story to submit to an anthology but they let me do it um the story that I wrote mostly revolves around these two like punkers in their early 20s who are sort of obsessed with this this like person who was the singer and like brains behind this like blackened crust hardcore whatever band from like 15 years earlier when they were like 10 so they didn't know about this band when they were kids but they like um found out about it right because everything is on youtube or whatever and so they're like super obsessed with this old band and then the, the, that person sort of becomes, if not like a character in the story, like a presence in the story. Um, and similarly, Brody and Zach become friends and then they like, <laughs> so early on in the movie, they go to the cool record store and there's like the like metal band album that they only made like 666 copies of and it's really expensive and they can't get it. And then it turns out that the dude from that band lives in their town. So they like wind up at his house and then steal the record and then the record is what has the sheet music of the, like, evil song that summons the demons. So it's a little bit like... That's weird. That's, like, disappointing that this is exactly the same story that I wound up writing, except the story that I wrote also has, like, a baby dragon in it. I don't know. Um, so it's not exactly the same story. There's no dragons in this movie, although there's a demon. I'm feeling uninspired, dude. Does this podcast sound uninspired to you? I feel like maybe you can tell that I was like, this movie was good, but not 
mind-blowing. Maybe I can just give you some highlights. Um, they play the song, and then they, some, like, then the apocalypse is gonna happen, and what they have to do is, like, play the song backwards, right? Because, like, oh, man, there is a, a scene where, um, they're in the car, right? And they're, or the truck or whatever, and they're trying to figure out, like, what should we do now? And the main dude, like, he picks up a cassette tape of the Painkiller album by Judas Priest, and if... I don't need, there's no reason you would know this. In my life, this is an album that I discovered a year or two ago, which I was like, I wish I had discovered this instead of like the Flaming Lips when I was in like, you know, like 1992 or whatever. It's like the Judas Priest album from 1990 that um, is just like, it's like, it's the best, dude. It's so fucking good. And at the time, I like, like, had learned the story that we were supposed to make fun of bands like Judas Priest with the, like, falsetto wailing and guitar solos, because that wasn't, like, real. And in retrospect, I'm like, you know, we're all susceptible to the stories that the media tells us about what's important and, like, what's going on culturally, so I don't want to, like, necessarily, like, smack myself in the head as a kid for that. I just, like, I just wish that I had known about Painkiller by Judas Priest because my life could have been a lot different, you know what I mean? I could have spent all of my teens, like, learning, like, sweep arpeggios, like, learning to do those, like, ridiculous, like, heavy metal guitar solo tricks that I don't actually know how to do, even though I kind of wish that I did. Um...
they like pick up the Judas Priest tape and they're like, oh, we've got to do like backwards. We've got to play the, the evil like metal song backwards, right? Because playing something backwards like <laughs> makes it do the opposite of what it does when you play forwards. Obviously, it's like kindergarten shit. And so um, they have to find the music, like the sheet music to the song, but it's like it's blown away or like the demon made it blow away or something. And so they like go hunting for it and they find these pieces of sheet music and then once they found them um they like cut away and when they cut back this kid Zach has like rolled up a like um what's the word a hyperbolically enormous joint with the, uh, one of the pages of sheet music and is about to light it and then Brody is like no stop you can't light that on fire we need that to like save ourselves from the demons and Zach is like oh yeah yeah right sorry um I thought that was funny um I should take out my notes, which I shouldn't look at while I'm driving, but like I said, I'm feeling uninspired, dude. This movie was fine. It's good. I don't hate it, but it's just like, I don't have a ton to say about it. Um, there's a scene early on where we're establishing Brody's relationship to metal where like bad things are happening. So he puts on his headphones and like retreats to this, like, like guitars start wailing. And then we see like sort of a, like, a film representation of what it feels like to listen to metal and it's this like long zoom to the top of a mountain above like an ocean where Brody is just like wailing away he's like dressed like a viking and he's got these two girls who are wearing like fur bikinis like at his feet like worshipping him while he plays guitar um which is funny which is fine but then when what's her name he like gets what's her name to listen to metal and it's like a, a life changing experience for her and we see the like representation of what it's like for her to listen to metal and it's basically the same thing she's got like these two like girls in fur bikinis at her feet who are doing like like lesbian like they're kissing and it makes you wonder initially like oh did like did Brody give this girl a metal cd which then like gave her a lesbian awakening which doesn't seem to be what happened right it seems to be like women in a lot of lip gloss like kissing each other not in service of their own sexualities or the sexuality of the person having the fantasy as much as like god I guess that is probably about masculinity um I don't want to talk about it it's fine I mean whatever it's cool don't think too hard about it it's probably cool right she has a fantasy that's not about like beefy dudes it's about like just like you know like sublimated gay lesbian power metal stuff so that's nice if you don't think too hard about it um oh, it smells like rubber I hope that my car's not on fire um at one point Zach is or no Brody is living with his like Christian like uncle dude who's like not he's like not down for metal and he like comes and bangs on the garage like you guys need to turn your deathgasm music down and Brody, he turns a knob on his amplifier counterclockwise, right? And then the music is louder. But in my experience, you have to turn it clockwise to make it louder, right? Um, but what I was thinking is that I think that New Zealand is probably in the Southern Hemisphere, right? And I don't remember the thing about toilets flushing the other way, like going clockwise or counterclockwise in the Southern Hemisphere, like 
I know that that's a thing that like people talk about that maybe that happens or maybe it doesn't but I had like a like like no prize moment where I was like oh maybe in New Zealand like you you know clockwise and counterclockwise are reversed also speaking of the fact that it's in New Zealand um the band has four members and one of them is this like nerd who plays keyboards and the nerd looks exactly like the singer from Die 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 which is a band from New Zealand that I think is just like the best and so maybe that's just like what some people look like in New Zealand he's got like blonde hair and it's like kind of a cool haircut and like black glasses I don't know he just like looks totally like him and I thought about looking up to see whether it was him but I don't think it's actually the dude from Die 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 I think there's probably a lot of people in New Zealand um but that was a nice thing um there's a cut where they're like going from one scene to another and you know on like Star Wars they'll do like like a like wipe cut or there's like different kinds of cuts um this cut takes place basically the words metal up your butthole appear one after another and the O in hole is the um like the next scene kind of comes out of that O so that's nice um this movie teaches you how to make napalm they make napalm and there's like on-screen instructions about how to do it which is you know a good thing um early on in the movie okay there's a moment early on in the movie where they're explaining that they're metal so they do like they like throw the goat with their fingers right like they like do the like the horns but their tongues are or not their tongues their thumbs are sticking out right and like there's an important thing where when your first and last fingers are sticking out as well as your thumb it's like the sign language thing for I love you, apparently, again, this is a thing I learned when I was younger that may or may not be true, um, and you have to, like, you have to bring your thumb in to properly throw the goat, right? Like, I feel like this is one of the easy signifiers that somebody is, I don't want to say an asshole, but, like, when somebody, like, tries to throw the goat but their thumb is out, it's just a little bit, like, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, what's wrong with you? Why don't you know how to throw the goat right? But... Later on in the movie, um, what's her name? Like, strong, let's call her strong female character. Strong female character, like, is throwing the goat because she gets into metal and she has her thumb out and fucking Brody, like, corrects her. He's like, no, no, you got to tuck your thumb in. That's not, like, how we throw the goat. And so I wondered about, like, were they just, like, like earlier when he he had his thumb sticking out like why did he do that like was it like he was like trying to explain being like that they were metal to someone who is not metal right and so like maybe he was trying to like dumb down how the goat works but I feel like that's inconsistent dude like that feels wrong um and so I was thinking like maybe this is a character development thing that happens like early in the movie he doesn't know how to throw the goat right but then later in the movie he like gets it together but I don't think that's really it because we don't really see that happen on screen right like the only character who really has any development is strong female character who early in the movie is not metal and then towards the end of the movie has gone completely metal she has she seems to have and I could be wrong about this I think by the end of the movie she has a tattoo on her like bicep slash shoulder of herself holding a decapitated head of a dude which I feel like that's cool that's a good move to get a tattoo of yourself holding a decapitated head 
Um, so, like, she progresses as a character. We see her evolve. Um, the main evolution we get from our main character is that he gets nervous and then is bad at playing guitar solos. And at the end of the movie, for whatever reason, he, like, is no longer nervous and is able to play, like, a, like, wicked guitar solo that sends the demon, like, packing or whatever. Like, I don't know. I guess the demon probably goes back to hell. Um, and honestly, I felt like that guitar solo should have been so much longer. He plays this, like, sick guitar solo, but it's over really soon, and I'm like, I don't know. Give yourself some room to breathe when you're doing your, like, sick guitar solo, you know what I mean? Um, so that's his character development. Um, Brody doesn't really evolve. The other two, like, nerdy guys. There's just, okay, this isn't character development. That's it for character development in this film. There's no more character development. Um, early on in the movie, they're making a video for their Deathgasm song where they're, like, totally... Like, they're, they've done their, like, corpse paint, and they're out in the woods, and they're, like, you know, like, trying to look cool, and Brody and Zach are the two, like, real metal dudes, and then, um, nerdy guy and fat guy, they, like, I'm trying to think about whether the portrayal of the drummer in the band who is the, like, fat guy, whether it's kind of fatphobic, and I think it only is insofar as we have kind of a stock character who is like the fat uncool nerd um and he's totally that guy so that's kind of fat phobic yes but anyway um and they make fun of him for being fat he's like out of breath sometimes yeah it's bullshit it's unacceptable um so they're in the woods and um the two like zach and brody who are the cool metalheads they have their like legitimate corpse paint and then like pudgy nerd drummer is there and he's got the like peter chris from kiss he's like made up in black and white like a he's got like cat he's like a cat like peter chris from kiss which is like the least cool one in kiss it's cool that he also chose that one for his face paint and then i don't remember what the keyboard players um corpse paint makeup look is but he's wearing shorts and a button-down shirt and a tie and a dorky ball cap like You've got, like, dude from Kiss, two black metal dudes, and then he's clearly trying to be, like, a black metal version of the dude from Cheap Trick, which is a good gag. Like, that is strong. I really appreciated that. Um, and then after they do this, like, strong female character winds up going on, like, a brief date with Brody, like, with main kid, and he's all done up in his, like, nail gauntlets and corpse paint, and she's wearing, like you know, like, a floral dress and, like, white socks up to her knees. Like, it's a pretty cute thing because they play it straight. Like, this is more what I wanted from this movie. They, she, he's like, so do you like metal? And she's like, no, it's just a bunch of guys screaming, right? I think that's probably the opening for the podcast. Um, but they just play it like this awkward teen date, right? Except that the one dude is totally dressed up like, a, like for black metal in a way that, you know, I like that. I appreciated that scene. Um... There's a scene where they have to kill these two people and they use a giant, like, two-foot-long dildo and a bunch of anal beads. And I think that... It was funny, but I think it probably wasn't, like, as funny as they thought it was. Like, that scene... Like, I get it. I get what you're going for. I get why you think dildos are funny. But, like... I don't know. Again, like... Viewed through a lens of sort of... Um... 
like mandatory masculinity. Like there's a lot of that. I think probably they're like calling each other fags a lot in this movie and stuff. There's like butt jokes in a way that you kind of just have to put your shields up a little bit. I, there might not have been any transphobic jokes in this movie actually now that I think about it. I mean I wasn't paying attention the whole time but that's surprising. I feel like I've been I've been watching a lot of Simpsons and just keep being like wow there's a lot of jokes about trans women or like everything right like there are always jokes about the existence of trans women and there are never any actual trans women in anything um so what else I'm just looking through my notes real quick um oh they're eating ice cream on the like awkward teenage date where he's dressed up in corpse paint which is nice um oh they do a joke about like midnight and time zones like they have to like do this by like this time or else the demon like they have to do the thing by like 3 a.m or else the demons will be on earth forever and they're like well what what's the time zone like do they trust do they like you know what i mean do demons have to like acknowledge time zones in their like binding ritual stuff and that's a joke from gremlins too like it surprised me that maybe the people who made deathgasm hadn't seen gremlins too because that was an important film in my life. I should do that movie for the podcast, Gremlins 2 Rules. Um, what else? There's a montage of him trying to start a chainsaw and, like, really struggling to get it to start. That was pretty funny. Um, at one point, so there's a theme where, like, the two nerdier members of the band are really into, like, Dungeons and Dragons, and, um... (laughs) Uh, Brody is playing D&D with them and he's a little bit like oh this is stupid and then he meets Zach and and Zach's like can I show you something cool and Brody's like yeah show me something cool and is it like it's not role playing right and Zach is like what the fuck is role playing and that's how you know that Zach is cool Um, at one point when Brody and Zach have like a friend breakup um, nerdy D&D looks like the singer from Die 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 guy is like it was never going to work, dude. He's chaotic neutral and you're lawful good. And the problem there again is that at this point, Brody has killed a lot of people and like summoned a bunch of demons to the earth. You know what I mean? Like he has, so his cousin is this like asshole, like jock who like beats the shit out of him. And at one point Brody murders him, even though he has like, they're killing all these zombies. Like people get turned into like zombie monsters and they're killing them. And at one point, Brody's cousin comes in, clearly not turned into a zombie monster, and Brody just decapitates him. And then um, Zach is like, uh, he wasn't a monster. And Brody was like, yeah, no, he was a monster. Didn't you hear? He came in, he was, like, talking about murder and stuff, and Brody's like, okay, whatever. But, like, Zach totally just murders his cousin, and then his friend is like, yeah, your alignment is lawful good. Like, that is inconsistent in my experience, um, which was a funny thing. We are right in the middle of traffic just trying to go, and we really fucked up at driving, you guys. Okay, everything's better. Um, So that's funny. He's mischaracterized as lawful good, blah, blah, blah. Um, Is that all I got? Yeah, it, like, climaxes him with, like, him, like, playing a sick guitar solo, which is cool. Um... What else can I tell you about Deathgasm? I mean, it's on Netflix. You can watch it for free. free uh, um, you know, the world has ended, but there's still Netflix.
All right, truck nuts and dickholes. That's it. Image and Benny on Twitter. This song is by People Watching. That other song was by Gorgon. Fuck capitalism and fuck your internalized colonizer mindset. See ya.